start rolling because I, sure. I figure that like this is just going to be two psychic friends <laughs> talking about <laughs> what that's like. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. <laughs> so welcome to the Glitter Cast, Melissa St. Hilaire, my dear friend who's been on some of my other projects, but this is your first time on the Glitter Cast. Yeah. And is this your oldest one? This is my newest one. Which doctor? Yeah, which doctorate was my first one? And the glitter cast is basically just a rebrand because I wanted to make it more cohesive with my website, Rainbow Glitter Star, and then also I didn't want to alienate people who were afraid of the word witch, even though I talk about being a witch all the time. <laughs> it is, but it still has a stigma. That's the thing, you know. People yeah. just don't like that word. I don't know why. I love the word. I think it's a powerful word. I do too. I love saying I'm a witch. I look at it as an as an identifier. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, what are you? I am psychic medium witch. Thank you very much. Yes, exactly. When did you, I feel like I may have asked about your origins before with witch doctorate, so we won't spend too long on it, but when sure. did you, like how, I think you said you, like we were both around the same age when we started, weren't you like a, like a adolescent when you started practicing, like a tween? I, I was, yeah. I was 12 years old when my mom bought me my first tarot deck. And prior to that, she would bring me down to Provincetown, which is the very tip of Cape Cod in Massachusetts. And we'd go visit a psychic witch there. And, you know, she would go and get readings or what have you. Well, I would just like you bop around and play and like look at all like the crystals and the jewelry and the decks and things like that. And I just lit up like a Christmas tree when I saw this stuff and it yeah. just called to me, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I do know. Cause I just felt like I like v- became very obsessed very quickly with tarot and witchcraft and it like was second nature for a really long time. Right. Yeah. And I kind of joke that like tarot is the gateway drug to witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. It's so true. I, for, I remember the first time I found a book about witchcraft, though, I didn't even realize that that witches could be real. It always felt like right? I didn't. I know I didn't either. In fact, I, you know, as I get older and I like sort of, you know, reminisce or look back on things that my grandmother taught me when I was growing up. I start to realize, like, I think she was training me to be a witch all along. She just never used that word. What would you she know? teach you? Well, she would. She was always trying to teach me things about nature. So, like, she was, I always forget what the term is. I think it's, like, sharecropper or something like that. So, she had tons of land, and she would rent it out to farmers who would then grow corn on it or what have you. And... But she would keep some of that land for herself. And so she would grow things like rhubarb and like cherries and blueberries and all these different things. And she was forever trying to teach me like what all the different trees were and shrubs, what berries were safe, what, what, which ones decidedly weren't, and like what properties different things had. She used to pick dandelions and like make dandelion tea and salad and things like that. And it, so it was like, it was like she was sort of laying the foundation for me to be a nature witch. Yeah. And I didn't even know, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. That makes sense though. But that can like, I mean, I guess it's like the very baseline of what that connection looks like. Especially, totally, yeah. I think it's like, I think that the connection to the earth is super important for anyone who is psychic and intuitive because otherwise you just float away Oh, totally. You need that grounding. And to this day, like, you know, my, my family teased me and called me tree hugger. Cause whenever we go to places like Sequoia or, you know, the Redwoods, I have to like hop out of the car and run over and hug a tree. And, <laughs> and then like the second I do though, I just feel like whew, it's like something just shoots through me. And I feel like, I feel like my energetic legs just shoot down to the center of the earth and it just completely connects me and grounds me. But yeah. then the, but, but then like the top part of me kind of shoots up into like, I don't know what, you know, just upward. <laughs> yeah. No, it's you true. Know. It's like that celestial earth sort of connectivity. I do that exactly. too. I do that too. Right. And my boyfriend's always like, oh, you want another picture of you hugging a tree? And I was like, 
you don't have to take a picture, but sure. I just want to do it either way. But <laughs> <laughs> I have so many. It's ridiculous. So I totally feel you. I you remember know. I remember one time I was on I was tripping on mushrooms with my best friend and <laughs> We were, we were like in the Big Bear area and we were walking around outside and there was this big ass tree. And so I like, I gave it a hug and I'd like, I had like a, like a communication sort of with the tree and the tree was like, okay, that's nice. Like, thanks. But your life goes by really fast. So you should stop hugging me and like, go have fun with your friend. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, okay, like, thanks, tree. And as I was leaving, the tree said to me, redwoods contain the souls of every human that's ever wished for immortality because it's the oldest living thing on the earth. And I was just like, oh, shit. Wow. I just got chills when you said that. And I only ever get chills like that when someone has spoken truth. Oh, I got chills. When he, and it was like, an, it was like, he said it to me and I could like hear like the voice being like from behind me, like someone who shouts something at you when you're walking away. And yeah, it hit me to my core too. And yeah, I was wow. high on mushrooms, but that doesn't mean you can't have spiritual insights. That's like <laughs> why you take mushrooms. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it opens up portals and things, you know, you can communicate with all kinds of spirits on mushrooms. I don't take mushrooms anymore. I haven't in a long time because oof, it's like pretty heavy. I'm, and I'm like, I'm so open all the time now that, and I'm sure you, you get that. Like, you know, I'm so open all the time now that I'm like, I don't even know if I need mushrooms anymore. I kind of feel like I'm always on them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's actually one of the things that I've always wanted to sort of talk to you about. Cause if we have these like, nerdy ass psychic witch talks I feel like where we just I don't even know where the conversation's ever gonna go right I like sometimes I'll like collect little things that I want to bounce off you but I feel like when I talk to my other psychic friends I become hyper aware of what my energy is doing, not necessarily when I'm talking to them but afterwards when I know there's a cord and I yep. like I get like okay, better breathe out. Like I better breathe out the connection so she, they don't have to feel my shit. Do you find yourself doing that? <laughs> I do. I really do. I do find myself doing that. And it's like, I have to like constantly sort of like cleanse myself after, um, you know, chatting with like fellow psychic friends or, you know, after a seance, oh my gosh, I have to do a, like a complete purge because I feel like tons of little tendrils connecting outward to not, ev not just everyone who sat at the seance, but like every freaking spirit or entity that we called in. And I end up feeling like an octopus and I'm like, okay, snip, snip, snip. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, I sometimes have, <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty good at controlling it, but I'm, I sometimes have like this thing that will happen when I'll be tapped into a reading and I'll be plugged into a person and then I'll feel like one of my other friends' energy, like, try to pop in. And I have to be like, no, it's not, like, I'm not dealing with you right now. Like, you have to go away. Does that happen to you? Yes. And you know when that happens to me, though, a lot, though, is, like, well, it happens when I'm meditating. And it happens a lot right before bed, too, where I'm trying to, like, you know, just kind of, I don't know, power down, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, And I'll be like, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to power down now and just kind of like close my space off and just be like, whoo, chill. And all of a sudden, I'll, it'll, it's like a little knock at the back of my brain. It'll be like, knock, knock, knock. Like, oh, somebody needs attention. Like, damn it, not now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something else, you know? Yeah. I know it's hard. Like it's I, you're like you're very good about containing your energy. By the way, um, because oh, like thanks. you like I feel I feel like our cords stay stay connected when like after we talk for a few hours. I, I do think that sometimes like I have to cut the cord, but it doesn't feel like your energy is being invasive. It just feels like the cord is strong. Right, right. But well, I'm I here. <laughs> well, but there are people that like I've had in my life are like, you know, that have super intrusive energy. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. And I sort of picture that like I picture the energy because I imagine like, okay, 
You know, in the movie Donnie Darko, when they show, you've, have you seen Donnie Darko, by mm-hmm. the way? Yeah. Okay. So you know how, like, when he has that bubbly, that, like, clear bubbly thing that comes out of him and it sort of, like, leads him around for a little while? Mm-hmm. It, it's like a giant, I don't know, that's what I think of as, like, the, the tendril, those, that's the cord that connects to people. And for me, like, if I am in dealing with someone who has, a, you know, clean energy, I don't know how else to describe it, but, like, let's just say clean energy. I, I can still feel the cord, but it's that same sort of like watery sort of clear cord. But sometimes, man, sometimes I'm dealing with people and I, I feel that cord turns like black sticky tar or it becomes metallic and spiky, you know? Oh, and yeah. Right. And I start to sort of envision these other sort of like elements mixed in where it's like, Oh gosh, like they're prickling me or like, or they, or they, or they're trying to get attached. They're glomming onto me, and they don't want to let my energy go for some reason. And you know, and that that can be really draining if you don't like cut that immediately. You know, mm-hmm. and that was something I had to learn like early on when I started to do um, psychic and mediumship readings, like professionally, because early on I felt. Like, early on, I didn't want to sell myself as a medium. I just wanted to do psychic readings, just just intuitive readings. Yeah. And, and you know, but everyone's like, but Melissa, you can do mediumship, mediumship, so, like, you should. Yeah. <laughs> and at first, I didn't want to do it because of that, because of that very reason of, like, oh, gosh, how many, like, energetic cords am I going to have? And am I going to be so freaking drained afterwards? It's going to suck. Like, I can't do it. And then I had a talk with, um, with Griffin, who I work with over at Green Man, and he was like, oh, honey, you know, you're, you're, you're drawing on your own energy. You're not supposed to draw on your own psychic energy when you give readings. You're supposed to draw on the source. So just you have to shift it so that way, no matter who you're dealing with, you're never drained afterwards because instead of tapping on your own reserve, you're tapping into the into that you know divine source that is just endless and overflowing with energy. Yeah, and right, and like it took me a minute. Like I heard him because you know, like people give you advice like that, and at first you're like, yeah, 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 but then you go to try to do it, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and <laughs> so it like took me a minute to like shift gears, but once I did, I realized he was totally freaking right. Right, you know. And so, like, so I think if, you know, if I, if I ever do seem like I have cleaner energy, it's got to be, like, part of it is that, because I'm really sort of hyper aware and conscious of not only am I being drained by other people, but I don't ever want to drain somebody else. Like, I just don't want to be that person, you know? Totally. Yeah, that's like the last person. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And so, like, if I'm giving a reading to someone... I don't want to leave them, like, I want them to leave me better than they came to me. I want them to leave me with more energy and, you know, clarity, closure, whatever it is that they came for versus, you know, like, oh, I need to take a nap now, you know? Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. And you know what? There are, like, there are times where I will read for people and because they have such a positive disposition and because they have like a like sort of a like a good outlook and they're kind they're happy and they're not a judgmental person I end up being energized as well after the reading yes totally I get that too it's like you're psychically wired after yeah (laughs) yes totally totally I will say though that like no matter what I do to safeguard where I'm tapping the energy from if I have a day where I've done like, even if I just like have a day where I've done three readings, but they've all been back to back, I will be mm-hmm. fucking famished by the end. Like I like a, like the Tasmanian devil of the kitchen. <laughs> yes, totally. Do you ever find yourself wanting like wicked salty food? Oh, I reason. love salt. I eat so much salt. <laughs> Same. Every time I give like a lot of readings, especially ones where I'm dealing with like, you know, spirit, like talking to spirits or what have you. Mm-hmm. I need salt like crazy. I'll like close out the day and I'm just like straight to the bag of chips. Like, let me just cram as many freaking salty <laughs> potato chips in my mouth as I possibly can, please. I've heard that's a, I've heard that's like a water sign thing too. And I'm wondering if it's because like we use salt water to cleanse 
You know what I mean? Oh, and there's so much yeah. water in your body anyway. I, I yeah. Sense. Like sometimes I just feel like I could be a horse who just like has a salt lick. <laughs> I know, right? Just like just hanging around your neck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a pacifier. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've like that. I've hilarious. tasted um I've tasted selenite before too to see if it because you know it's <gasps> like has like similar properties as salt. But right, it, it right. Doesn't, it just tastes like nothing. It just tastes like a rock. Oh really? I've never tasted it. I'm like surrounded by selenite right now and I never tasted it. I just bought some selenite. Um so I went to Quartzsite, Arizona. I know that you went there recently as well. Yeah. And <laughs> And while I was there, I had certain goals in mind. Like, I was like, okay, I need to get myself a selenite bowl. Because I have a selenite plate, like a little one that I ordered, you know, online from Amazon or whatever. And I love it. It's great. I use it to recharge things or cleanse things all the freaking time. Yeah. But it's totally flat and it's kind of small. So I was like, I need a bowl. Bowls are better. If I have a selenite bowl, I can just... <laughs> pile my crap in it I don't have to worry about it rolling off somewhere and so I bought one and was like it was like nine dollars and it's a good size bowl yeah like right like mm-hmm. I am addicted to I am now like I'm like okay I have to go to quartzite every single year now to like replenish my stock <laughs> dude yeah it's like man I went to the Tucson gem and mineral show last year no not last yeah last year before the pandemic hit and like mm-hmm. it's like it's like if quartzite shot up with every drug it could shoot up with. Ah, oh my God, I have to go. Yes, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I love selenite bowls because I, lo- I have, I actually have a shit ton. I just never listed on my website. I'm building, nope. my, I'm building up my website this summer because I just have like so much stuff that's not listed. But I did buy a bunch of selenite bowls and I throw my just like daily crystals in there. The ones that I like, I'm always throwing in my bra. I just put them in there when I'm not using them. Because it just will, cl- nice. it'll just cleanse them right away. It's perfect for that. Exactly. Like, that's what I would recommend for, like, everybody who does what we do. Like, get a selenite bowl, keep it on your nightstand, boom, your daily, yeah, your daily your jewelry, your daily bra. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> your, your, your bra crystals and your jewelry yeah. just need a selenite bowl. <laughs> You got to girl, you got to get those up on your website because those ones are like hotcakes, I'm telling you. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like, it's, I feel like I, it's so hard to stay on top of all of the different things that I'm always doing with this like podcasting, <sighs> writing horoscopes, giving readings, writing my website. Like, it's like, I feel like when you're a one woman show, it's like, I'm sure you understand what this is like. It's so easy to yes. get, get behind and fall behind. Cause I know that like you, you had a burst where you made a bunch of jewelry and put it up on your Etsy website and then it all sell, sold out. And then you were like, yep fuck, now I got to make a bunch of shit again. And then I have to package it and then I have to list it. Like, it's like all of the steps that go along with it. It's just like so much. (laughs) It is. It's so much work. And it's, and it's, and it's frustrating because like, you know, I have these wands that I made a while ago. I got this, um, I imported some, some, uh, real Rowan wood. Mm -hmm. And, and then I also sourced, um, I sourced some plain, uh, quartz crystals, but I also sourced some pink Lumerian crystals. Ooh. Right? And then I wrapped, like, and you know, my own wands, and I bathed them, like, under full moons, under dark moons, under the Rowan moon. Um, you know, I've, I've rakied them. I've done all the things, except for take pictures of them and put them on my stupid website. You know? <laughs> I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause then it's like, it's not just taking pictures and posting it. It's the description. And then I always put a write up with everything that I sell. So it's like, I also have to do like print that, like get that printed. It's just like, I don't know. I guess it's just like, we're lucky and we're just complaining about logistics. Cause who who else gets to play in (laughs) witchcraft all day? It's pretty like, I'd so much rather be working 10 to 12 hours a day doing this than working like six to eight hours a day in an office somewhere. Oh my God, for sure. The other day I was sitting there and I was super busy. I was, I had like three spells I had to do in one day. And as you know, like it's one thing to do three readings in a one day. It's an entirely different ball game yeah. to do yeah. three spells. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
you know, so I'm like summoning up all this energy, what have you, but I'm like, but, but then at the same time, you know, as I'm doing them, I'm realizing I'm in the, I'm in the flow. I'm in the zone. Like I've like, you know, I've lost sense of time. All of those weird, weird little mundane thoughts that pop into your head that drive you crazy, poof, gone. And I was like, I love my job. I love what, you know, like I love this. I feel like that. I feel like that almost every day, like just like just gratitude. And especially because this isn't the, this wasn't the first thing I chose to do in my life. You know, like I I was a dance major. I went to massage therapy school. I wanted to be a comedian. And like, as soon as I, as soon as I started doing this, it was like my path locked in and shit just opened up. And it was like, the the hardest I've ever worked, but the easiest it's been. Oh my god! It's, well, you know why? Because because you love it. That's what yeah. makes it easy. But it's hard work because you care. Yeah. Right. I mean that's that's what it is for me. And like you know before um, before this, I you know I went to Boston College to study screenwriting and filmmaking. Moved out to LA. Like oh, I'm going to be the next. Quentin Tarantino, but a girl or whatever. Yes, that sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And like, but th- you know, but then it's like, I just kept, you know, running into into walls, like closed doors. You know, like I would get a little, like a, a little bit of a door would open and slam on me again. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. Let's just keep trying, keep trying. You just keep plugging away. Yeah. And it and it wasn't honestly, it wasn't until I met you and you were like, you're doing Midsummer Scream. That I was like, oh, wait a minute. But now the doors are opening. This is a totally different experience than anything I've ever had in my life before. Where ever since I've taken this path seriously, it, things happen. Yes. And they keep happening, you know? And, you know, now I'm finding myself, um, and I keep trying to get you on it, Clubhouse. Yes, I'll be on the next one. I promise I'll be on the next one. It was just like every, every time there was like something else going on. I know, I know. You're because you're busy, and that's yeah, a good thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like one of those things where my whole life, all I wanted to do was like, like I worshipped mostly horror directors. Yeah. You know, like, right? So, like, I, you know, my husband and I years ago we used to watch um, Hardware over and over again by Richard Stanley, and you know, we were, and he was obsessed with Lloyd Kaufman and the Toxic Avenger, and he would you know, introduce me to that. And then, uh, of course, like James Gunn and Slither, like there were all these directors that I just worshipped and wanted to, you know, do the things that they were doing. But mostly I was just a fan, like a spectator and sometimes become a friend of, you know, some of these people. And, but it was like, there was something that still like drew me to the world, but yet no doors would open for me to be a writer. Yeah. And then recently I had this like weird thing where I ended up getting an opportunity on clubhouse to be an, you know, uh, like a, on the panel for this supernatural tales and strange occurrences clubhouse show that is run by Darren Lynn Bowsman, Bozeman, who did a bunch of the Saw movies and repo the genetic opera, which is one of my favorite movies. And I'm sitting here like, wait a minute. Like I've wanted <laughs> I wanted to hang out and talk with people like this, like my whole life about all this cool stuff. And I couldn't get in the door as a writer. And now somehow I'm hanging out with these people as a medium and a psychic. Okay. Yes. That's 100. (laughs) That is 110% how I feel about my position where like, you know, like people that I've interviewed, people that I see, you know, like, you know, I know I'm not going to name drop, but like, you know, around and it's like, huh? Like, and then I, then I think to myself, this means you're a fucking witch because like, how how do you move to LA and end up in this situation without being a witch? Like, (laughs) I know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of those things you, you, and, and what I think also too, though, it's not just being a witch, but it's owning being a witch. You know, it's embracing that side of yourself and walking truthfully in that path and not just doing it, you know, to be performative or whatever, but like really owning it and really being that person. And I find that when you, when you walk that path and you're, you know, you're your true self, you're your authentic self, people see it, they respond to it, you know, and you just manifest things for yourself 
without even half the time realizing that you're doing it or even really casting a spell. It's just because you're walking your true path, you know? Yes. I feel like, you know, I feel like what you said is so true. And I feel like for myself, I don't cast spells as much as I used to. And instead, I'm just like, I'm constantly having a communication with the people I would hit up if I was going into ritual. (laughs) And so it's like, I feel like sort of like now it's like the communication that I had. I do love casting spells and I do, you know, do it. But I also feel like with a lot of my long term goals and a lot of the just like, like moving work that I'm doing, it's like it's a fluid conversation and it's like a call and response from the universe and it's watching for signs versus always like, here's a spell, wait for it to manifest. Here's a spell, wait for it to manifest. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And you know, what's kind of funny is like, um, cause you know, of course when I do spells for clients, um, you know, I'm, I'm not just going to sit and think something I'll, you know, I'm going to carve a candle and yeah, do the whole, I'm like you know, sending, do the whole I'm thing. I'm sending pictures. I'm out in my garden picking the right. herbs affiliated with the, <laughs> I'm checking the astrology charts. I'm looking like, yeah, it's totally yeah. like, cause you don't want to like, you don't want, look, cause the, the, you're, you're performing for someone else. So you don't know exactly what, like, you don't have that connection with right. their guides. You have to pick up the phone and dial it through kind of. Exactly. And that's where the tools and stuff come into play. But, you know, something that I've been noticing, and I, I'm like, I can't say any names because client confidentiality, of course. of course. But I was doing a spell for someone and they, uh, the, their intention, you know, I, I had, I gathered all the information and I immediately started to, you know, just write down like, okay, this is what they want. And these are the elements that I can bring in to make it happen. And then, you know, you start to study the correspondences. I hadn't even begun to carve the candle. All I was doing was like gathering like information, basically. Yeah. And I get a text message from the person who's like, it's already working. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I haven't even carved the candle yet. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, um, I, I will only perform spells for people that I've read for because I want to like, I just want to fully, um, be aware of what the situation is. And if people ask me for a spell, I tell them they have to book a reading first because I want to like, I want to fully, fully, fully vet what it is that you want. And, um, at like chakra balancing energy work, I'll just do whatever. Fine. But if it's a specific intention, I got to know what I'm getting into. And um, that was that's what gives me like the confidence to either do something or not do something, especially because I can sort of like advise the I always have a follow ups like 15 minute session where I talk about what Mm -hmm. I felt like the messages I got like I like the last spell I did. I got very clear messages from the person's guide that nothing's going to work unless she continues to work on like some specific thing elements of her shadow and Mm -hmm. um I'm just sort of curious you know what it's like for you to deal with the pressure of casting a spell because like everything I just explained that's how I deal with the pressure of like will this manifest won't it manifest like I'm very thorough in talking to my client through it and what they should expect so I'm just curious like how do you deal with the pressure of casting spells for people Oh gosh, that's a really good question. I think that what I do is I, I, because also, okay. In my spell crafting, the way that I've been trained in the past several years. So this is very different than how I approached it when I was younger. Um, when I just, you know, was like a book, witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but since then I've, I've trained, um, you know, taken classes and things like that. And I've shifted gears. So, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to describe this. So, like, in the past when I would do spells, I would just, you know, follow books or what have you and just, like, like by rote, you know, just do the spell. And I didn't really, you know, put much into it. I, didn't really, I don't think I really understood why things worked or, or why period spell would work, you know. Um, but, but I lately what I've been doing is I kind of think of it like spirit witchcraft, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I kind of like use my mediumship in my spell casting. 
And so it takes the pressure off because it's, it's kind of like it's not me doing the spell. It's my spirit doing it. So yeah. does that make sense? So, like, I send it to them, and I'm like, yes. okay, guide, like, I need help with this. I have to do, you know, and, I'll, and, I, and I have a whole ritual around that where I, I do an invocation of protection, and I call in, you know, the, the guardians, and then I pull in my, my, my very specific spirit guide. And I sort of explain to them the intention. So I'll say, like, this is what this person's intention is. You know, they've, they've already given me coins, so the coin doesn't fall back on me. It only goes back to them. Yeah. And, you know, and I have a whole discourse with them, and I make sure to say that uh, whatever happens, that this spell must be for the highest good of myself and the other person and anyone else involved. You know, so that way it's sort of all packaged in this spirit bubble of protection yes, yes. <laughs> you know and and for some reason that works to take the pressure off like I end up feeling like they're carrying the burden and I'm just the vehicle who's doing the action yes no I totally I do that too but I sort of like I talk to their spirit guides and mine yes. and so like I kind of like say hey they asked me this is what they want like you know here you go. Yes. <laughs> Have you noticed sometimes though, like when you're doing this is cause this has happened to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'll be, be doing a spell for someone and I'm in the middle of it and I'm talking to my guides and I'm checking in with their guides. And sometimes I'll get messages from their guides where they're like, you know, actually can we just change the spell a little bit? Because we actually think it would work better if you did this. And, like sometimes they give me pointers yes. to make it, work for them better than like yes. than it would have the other way right yeah and sometimes they'll tell me like what their like offering preferences um yes. yeah so no I totally know what you're talking about so I was doing one spell for someone and I don't usually bring my tarot cards into a spell like yeah I know other people do this I've seen other people do it I've you know especially like the justice card or the judgment card I've seen people use those cards a lot in spells yeah it's, it's well for a very specific kind of spell yeah <laughs> very specific and and I just never you know I never did that for some reason I go I always kind of like like just looked at the tarot like that's divination I'm keeping that very separate but then I was doing and I don't know why it's just a thing in my brain right yeah and I was doing a spell for someone that didn't call for any of that, but her guide said, you need to use tarot cards for this one. This one is very tricky and the, the cards are going to help keep everything like clear yeah. and, you know, and I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've told, yeah, I, I've done that before, but I don't, it's not standard. And if I'm doing it, I usually only do it. For myself I don't like using my tarot cards for other people's stuff but right. I mean if there's if their guides were asking them you know you, you listen to the guides you're doing the <laughs> you're doing the well, work yeah exactly well the, and the funny thing is is I even struggled with which deck to use because I was like I mean you know me I'm like a deck hoarder you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got like 30 or 40 decks at this point I just can't help myself and I don't even use, you know, I only even really use one deck. I use the Mythic Tarot for myself, which I know you use as uh-huh, well. I love that deck. Yeah, that was my first deck that I got when I was 12. And it's still, it's like, you know, even though I've bought all these other, you know, really some beautiful decks, but for whatever reason, it's always the Mythic Tarot that I want to go back to. But I reserve that deck for only me. Nobody else is allowed to touch it or use it or anything. Mm-hmm. And so when I had to do this spell for someone, I had to like pull out all of my decks and spread them out on the floor and talk to them all like, okay, <laughs> the, the, the guides want to use you. Which one wants to play? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have like multiple volunteers? No, every single one turned me down except for one deck. There was only one deck that was like, I'm, I'm here, I'm game for magic. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, you get to play then. You get to. <laughs> but it was, you know, but it was strange and I haven't, and it hasn't happened again since, you know, so maybe it was a one-off, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, I think it's just, yeah, whatever, like, whatever makes sense. Well, it's sort of like what, what does and doesn't make sense to you, you know, like using tarot cards doesn't normally make sense in your practice, but like the energy of the person that you're working with, like it, it would for them. So I get it. Like, right, it's, totally. inter- it's totally interesting though. It is. Yeah. 
when you're um you know when you're doing sort of like going back to the to the earth witch thing yeah when you are cultivating your different like your garden your magical garden um mm-hmm. do you ever plant herbs or plants with specific intentions I do. Um, I have an, a giant bed of lavender. Yes. <laughs> right? And I planted that with the very, very specific intention of promoting peace and relaxation, but also uh, to, you know, like magically cleanse the space and make a space sacred, but then also to call in spirit. So it was kind of like a, like a, like a, I don't know, threefold purpose, if you will, mm-hmm. um, because I, I wanted to use it when I was doing seances, because of course you don't want to use sage during a seance. Then you're just yeah, gonna, that's like, like so counterintuitive, yeah. <laughs> right, you know, and like, but before I started to really heavily study all that stuff, I didn't know that. So I was like cutting off my, you know, cutting off my ability to connect before even doing it. And so then I was like, okay, well, sage is not working. Let me like figure out what will work. And I just felt wicked drawn to lavender and I didn't really know why, but I just had to have it. And then when I started to study it and look at its properties, I was like, oh, well, no wonder. Yeah. It invites, right? Like it invites spirits into the space. It makes everybody kind of chill. Like it's perfect, you know? Yeah. So, so that is planted with very specific intentions. Um, and then... Everything else that I've planted, I've kind of just planted with the intention of, like, love and light. I mean, I know people make fun of that all the time, but, man, it works for me, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> and, I mean, it's – especially if you're planting them with the in- – like, with the intent of it being healing, you know? Because mm-hmm. I'm always – like, when I'm when I'm planting, I'm doing energy work on the soil. I'm putting crystals and, like, all kinds of crazy shit in the soil when I'm planting – and yes. I, I've not, I've never once even like been inspired to plant something with a negative energy. And especially like, and I think there's a time and a place for like negative, heavier energies, especially if you're like needing to banish or bind someone, which is, it's necessary. It's a necessary part of being an energy worker sometimes. But oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, especially if you're trying to get something to grow though, I feel like if you try to plant something with like, I'm going to stop this. Like, how is that plant going to grow? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You have to love on it, you know, and you mm-hmm. have to like tell it what it, what you want it to do. I planted this lemon tree and I basically said, you know, I want this lemon to promote good health. And I, I planted it very specifically because, you know, whenever I like get a little, you know, you get a little tickle in your throat or whatever. I don't want to have to run to the doctor, doctor every time I have a tickle in my throat. So. Mm-hmm. I create this little like wellness shot and it's just, you know, it's super simple. It's just like lemon juice and cayenne and, you know, maybe a little ginger or garlic or oregano oil thrown in or whatever. Right. And I was like, but I don't want to have to run across the street and buy freaking, you know, six lemons. Like every time I want to do this. (laughs) And, (laughs) and not only that, it's really good to just start your day with lemon juice. They always say like, like as soon as you wake up, you should have some, you know, water with fresh lemon juice in it because it just, I don't know, it just helps your system clean, like cleans it out, you know? And yeah. so I was like, but I don't want to have to keep buying them all the time. Yeah. So I planted this tree and I just kind of said to it, like, I just, I just want you for health. And wouldn't you know, but this whole tree just makes so many lemons. It's like I'm drowning in lemons. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and I, and I have friends who are like, you have to treat, teach me your trick because, you know, my lemon tree is already hibernated. I'm not getting any lemons. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't, my, I don't think my tree is ever in hibernation. It just continuously makes lemons all the time. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. And they're like, what's your trick? And I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't, Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm a witch. I talk to it. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it works. So, <laughs> <laughs> your husband's not really um he's not really into the spiritual stuff is he well no I mean when I met him um you know he's got like a bodhisattva tattoo and he was kind of like casually into buddhism but but largely an atheist a self-proclaimed atheist and 
you know, didn't really believe in any of this stuff. You know, much more science minded, and which is to say, you can't be both because I'm both. I mean, but but you know, since you know, we've been married for like cough, cough years. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've been married for a long time, and and him just being around me, he's witnessed a lot of strange things, experiences, and so I think like it's opened his mind up a lot and. Lately, he's actually been getting into um, listening to Damien Echo mm-hmm. and uh, and ceremonial magic. Oh, so, yeah. Right? And so I think that's kind of interesting because, you know, what I practice, even though I use elements of ceremonial magic in my magic, I definitely don't practice that, you know? Yeah. It's, Too many it's r- very rules. Yeah. Yes. And I'm a witch because <laughs> I don't want your fucking rules. <laughs> exactly. You know, and that's why I like the more loosey-goosey, like, traditional, you know, witchcraft approach where it's, it's more folky and, and earth-based. Yeah. Um, but, like, but he's getting, he started to get into the high magic stuff. And I was like, oh, this is an interesting, you know, turn of events. Let's see how this plays out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. I always, for me, ceremonial magicians, I, I respect the dedication, but yeah. I, like... I can't hang. I can't hang with the, like, you have to do this this way. And if you don't, like, <laughs> you're fucking up or something like that. I don't know. I know. I know. I feel you because, like, you know, there, there's this thing with, like, oh, I have to make sure that I know, like, that it's Jupiter hour for this. You know, and, like, I just, I'm like, I, I can't, like, it's one thing to pay attention to the phases of the moon or the days of the week. Yeah. But when I have to get super nitty gritty down to like all these little tiny minutia details. I just, I start to lose interest and don't want to do it anymore. And, yeah. you, know, you know, I'm, I'm more of a mercurial witch, you know, I've got, I'm like, the mood has struck me and thus it must be done now. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. Cause like, if I, like, I have to feel inspired to do a spell or it's not going to happen. Like, exactly. I, I won't believe in it. I have, I have done a little bit of the, the like calculate the mm-hmm. the planetary hour. I have worked with that. I don't really have like I don't necessarily think it makes a difference. But right. <laughs> I also like I check I check the the astrology chart of the day because what I what I think about when I'm looking at ceremonial magicians is so much of it is based off of like planetary magic and what the planets are doing. But like mm-hmm. if you're doing like if you're working with Mars, but Mars is in opposition to Saturn, to me, that seems counterintuitive. Like maybe you should wait for that aspect to clear. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And that's where like, I so am so impressed by your dedication to astrology because I have like, like way back when, when I was in college, I wrote, (laughs) I wrote horoscopes for the college paper. Yay. And Right. But I like, but I did it based on uh, tarot cards. I would draw a tarot card yeah. for each tarot one. Scars. Yes. Instead of doing it based on astrology. And it wasn't because I didn't have any interest in it. It was just because I looked at it and I was just like, oh, headache, can't, you know? Yeah. I felt <laughs> like that for the first like two years of learning. I just, um, I just had to do it because I built a podcast around it. Right, right. But you're just so, but you're also, I think you're just really good at it. You know what I mean? And I think that like some people just take a certain shine to things and you can tell like that it sparks them, you know, like I love when like your, your horoscopes, your, you know, pop up in my feed because it's like, oh, the art is gorgeous and the, your breakdowns are always super spot on. I'm like, oh my God, yes, she nailed it. You know? <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you know, I, I love it. I, <laughs> this is an example of a healthy friendship where you build each other up and you compliment <laughs> each other. <laughs> You're well, also, yeah. I want to like, I want to share in, in the compliment showers and say that you run a fucking mean seance girl. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, and also like you're a really impressive researcher as well too, because not just with seances, but if there's anything that you're interested in, like I've seen your fucking, how crazy your desk gets when you're just <laughs> trying to find like the tiniest answer, you'll have 17 books and you will be like, oh, I don't know where the week went, but like this and this and this and this, and like I did readings and now I have all this like 
weird information about something. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I don't know what happens. It's like I start to pull a thread and the next thing I know I'm down the rabbit hole, yeah. you know, and, but like I always come out with some good stuff. So it works. And my rabbit hole, my recent rabbit hole, I think you, I think you might've seen my post. I posted it the other day and I'm still kind of reeling from it. But if you don't mind me sharing my recent rabbit hole. Oh, please, <laughs> please, by all means. So apparently, um, one of my ancestors was hanged by Cotton Mather in Boston, Massachusetts in the 1600s for being a child of Belial or witch. Cotton Mathers was like a Puritan fucking like led the led the vendetta against witches, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he was like a witch hunter, basically. Mm And it's so funny to me because my whole life I've been, you know, growing because, you know, when you grow up in Massachusetts near Salem, you, get, you can't help but be like obsessed by it, especially if you're just, you know, even a little bit woo woo. Oh, I'm sure. And, yeah. You know, and like, so I've always been obsessed. You know, I've always had to go back like every fall and, you know, go hang out there and just feel the vibes or what have you. And I, you know, and I always felt like. Like I don't know, like a like a kindred ship or something, with with what had happened to them. Like I felt like I could just relate to it. But yeah. of course, you know, when I took, you know, when I studied, I'm not, you know, related to anybody who was hanged during the Salem witch trials or anybody that lived there during that time. So you know, I just thought it was like, and maybe it's just because I live nearby. Like, I, what other reason could I be, attra- you know, attracted to this? Like, why am I drawn to it? And then. Um, a couple of years ago, speaking of seances, a couple of years ago, I went to a seance that Hattie Negri and Sheena Metal held. Oh, I love and, Sheena. Right? They're both great. I love yeah. them. And so they had a seance. And, you know, I, I, <laughs> I was just a, their friend who they invited to join. I didn't, you know, pay to, like, you know, sit down there and be a part of it. So I tried to kind of cancel myself out because, you know, I run my own seances and I didn't want to, like, step on toes. You know how it is. Yeah, no, totally. Right. So I'm just like, I'm just like quiet, kind of like canceling out my energy and just, you know, observing from the side. And I wanted to make sure everybody who paid to be there had an experience. So I was just hanging back. And Patty, she keeps going, there's a Willem here. There's a Willem here. There's a Willem here for someone. And she keeps looking at me and I'm like trying to deflect to other people. Like, it's you know, this could be anybody else. It's, It's not for me. It's not for me. So finally, I'm like, well, could it be William? Because I have a lot of Williams in my ancestry. And I know, like, my grandmother's uh, maiden name was Jeannie. And her family line goes way, way back to, like, when the Puritans came over to uh, New England from England, you know. And that was the first William Jeannie. So I was like, maybe it's me. And she started telling me this, this, that the guy, that the spirit she's channeling is was hanged in the 1600s and that he had gifts like me but they had to be hidden for generations and all this stuff and I'm sitting there like I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't know if I have any ancestors that were hanged I don't know I don't know I get home I call my mom and she's like and I'm like do we have any ancestors that were hanged and she's like actually yeah we do (laughs) (laughs) and then she starts telling me this story about this William Cheney and, like, that's the weird thing about my family. It's, like, there's a gazillion William Cheney's. I just loved that name and kept using it over and over again. Right. And and so there's this one William Cheney, and he had, like, I don't know, 20 kids or some ridiculous thing like that. And he was accused of adultery, and that was all my mom had told me at the time. It was just, that was it. And I was like, well, that seems kind of extreme, like, hanged for adultery. I mean, I know there are Puritans, but, like, come on. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> you know. But, you know, when I tried to look it up, you know, because it was 1600s, I thought, um, you know, my mind was like, maybe it's somehow tied to the Salem witch hangings. And maybe, like, maybe that's why I'm so drawn to it, you know? Yeah. But I, but I couldn't find anything. So I was like, nah, well, you know, whatever. It's just a fun story, but it doesn't mean anything. And then the other day, um, I was reading, my mom got me this book for my birthday, A Storm of Witchcraft. And... So I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm back down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> and I found online this 
this thing that's like executedtoday.com. I mean, it's a super morbid site, Whoa. you know? <laughs> but my ancestors listed there, and I'm, as I'm reading it, they're like, and they're like, and straight from the mouth of increased Mather's own chip off the old block, Cotton Mather, man, Renee, my jaw hit the floor. It, I was like, wait, what? I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like the most famous witch hunter in New England history was the one who actually hanged my own freaking ancestor. Yeah. Like how, like what's happening right now? Yeah. That's <laughs> like, like, that's fucking cool and not cool, but it's cool. Like you can appreciate right? it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like not cool. It would suck to be there at the time, obviously. And I, you know, I feel, you know, horrible for my ancestor losing his life and everything, but at least he had a bunch of kids and I'm directly descended from one of them. But like, you know, it just, all of a sudden, so many things clicked for me Yeah. where, you know, it was like, Oh my God, well, this is, I, of course this is my path, you know? And as much as I want to believe in free will, destiny plays a hand too. Yeah. And especially when it's like, you know, you're given gifts, like just like a brilliant pianist is, given that gift you know you have to work at it and you have to exercise it and you have to practice but we all have like a set of skills I think that come easier than others I agree wholeheartedly yeah like I think everybody can do it just like everybody can sit down at a piano and like punk out sounds you know yeah totally <laughs> like everyone can do it but not everyone can do it well <laughs> yes what do you have like so like, do you have any weird fantasies about if you could choose another thing that you would be incredibly gifted at that's completely out of your wheelhouse now, what it would be? Oh, my God. I would. Oh, yeah. It would definitely it would be like being the lead singer in a rock band. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No. I've, yep. You know. <laughs> yep. Like, move over, Courtney Love. No, I'm just kidding. I love her. <laughs> that's so funny. I read a book. Um, by this comedian called Unwifeable and there's a there's an excerpt in it when she talks about how like she's like gotten to this certain point in her comedic sort of um, career or just sort of like happenings where she was meeting celebrities and she became kind of friends with Courtney Love and Ah. um, Courtney Love told her that she start she basically like had this this chant that she would do every day and mm-hmm. with it was a prosperity chant and within a month she was a millionaire and the chant <gasps> is in the book I just keep not doing it oh my god well you know we're gonna have to do that yeah now, I'll, realize. Dig up. <laughs> I'll dig it up and then the next time we record this we'll be in tiaras Yes, <laughs> please let that happen. <laughs> I wanted to because we're I can't like I knew that this was just going to fly by because there will be times when I call you just to be like, hey, girl. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, it's been an hour and I'm starving. I have to go. And I feel like I that's like what's happening now. But before I let you go, I wanted to sort of um, pick your brain about, you know, it's really important to find ethical readers and what people should look for what you think are some of the warning signs and kind of like you know what people need to to consider when they're getting a reading oh gosh that's a really good question I think you know for me it's all about does is does the person is the person helping you do you feel comfortable you know do you feel like when I'm giving a reading for a person I want to make sure that that person is at ease is comfortable and can share anything with me. And, you know, I feel like sometimes, you know, the just, you know, I no, not any names. And this is from when I was younger, when I would watch my mom go to psychics, sometimes I felt like she was being rushed, you know, and it was like, they didn't want to listen to my mom. They didn't want to listen to her questions. They would just want to throw answers at her. Yeah. And, and I also, another thing that would happen would be like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, you've just had, uh, here's the other thing, like maybe she pays for, you know, a half hour reading, but then the reader just drags it on and talks really slow. And then before you know it, you didn't get all your answers. So you have to add on another half hour and they're just, you know, at that point, they're just milk and money, yeah, you know? totally. And so like, I try, you know, for myself, I try to like bang it out quick. 
you know, like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like if you got, if you're coming in, you've paid for, you know, say you can only afford 15 minutes. Well, let's get as much possibly covered in that 15 minutes. So you get your money's worth, you know? Yep. And so that's part of it. And then another part of it is the add-ons. And so like, you know, a, a huge warning sign for me is if a reader, there's two of them, actually. One is if a reader solicits you for a reading. That's if a, reader, a big one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because that should never happen. That's so Only, unethical. It's completely unethical. Even if a spirit you know, apparated right in front of me right now and was like, go call, you know, Joe Blow because I have a message for him. I'd be like, mm, no. Yeah. Like, he, he's going to come to me, babe. Sorry. Yep. You know, <laughs> because, you know, you just don't do that. And, and most, and a lot of these, you know, so-called readers who will, you know, solicit all of these people, you know, they're, they're, well, they're not real. They're scam artists. They're just trying to make, they're just tricking people into giving their money away. Yeah. So, so that's a huge no, no, like never, ever, ever trust a psychic that solicits you. Uh, the other one would be, I, I, and this is a tricky one because some people are actually cursed or hexed and need help, Yeah. but, (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes I feel like, you know, some psychics try to push the spells, you know, so like, like say, say someone's having bad luck and they come to me for a reading and I'm giving them a reading and, you know, maybe I'm like, oh gosh, you know, they really could use an uncrossing spell like wicked bad. And so, you know, but I don't want to push a spell on somebody because then I, then I feel uncomfortable and icky. Like I'm not, I don't want to push someone to spend more money, Yep. you know? So like, so that would be another warning sign is like psychics who are super quick to be like, oh, you're cursed. And now you need this $3,000 spell. Yeah. I always you tell know? people how to do it. This is what Same. you do. This is what you do. You need this color candle, these oils. This is how yep. I like, I won't do a spell unless someone asks me. And even then I'm really like picky about who I'll actually do one for. Well, exactly. And that's, and that's the thing. And that right there is ethical. And I try to do the same thing where I'll be like, okay, well, it sounds like you need an uncrossing. So here, this is the candle you need to get. This is the oil and the herb blend. And, you know, and this is what I would carve on it. And I'll, you know, I'll do that same thing. I'll like tell them step by step everything that they need to do or, you know, refer them to my Instagram. Maybe like, here, I already posted it for free for everybody. Like, yes, go do it. Yes. <laughs> but then sometimes though, you start doing that and the customer's like, I don't, or the client is like, I don't thank you, but just, can you just do it for me? Yep. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And it's like, all right, yeah. well, if you my arm, I'll do it for you. Okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Although if I feel like someone is too pushy with me to do a spell, I won't do it. Cause I feel like they're going to be demanding for results. You know what yeah. I mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, and right there, that's the reason why not to do a spell for just anybody, yeah. you know, because the thing about that, here's the thing about spell work. It's there. It's not always going to work just because, Sometimes the universe has other things in store. Yes. You know? It's either, so like, either a lesson or a manifestation. Exactly. And I've even had certain scenarios crop up where someone is like, oh, can you help me? You know, can you do a spell for me? I want to get this one very particular job or apartment or whatever. And I'll be like, okay, well, here, this is how you do it, blah, 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 go do the spell. And, you know, either they do it or I do it. And let's say they don't get the apartment or the job. And then it's like, well, it didn't happen. And it's like, well, it didn't happen because that's not the right one. But just give it a minute. And I guarantee you the right one's right around the corner. And without fail, it usually happens. You know, like, boom, the next apartment, that's the right one. Or, you know, boom, the next job offer, that's the right one. Yes. But. But they have to, but you know, for me, the client has to be open to allowing the universe to step in because it does. <laughs> yeah, totally does. It totally does. This wow. was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Oh, you're welcome. It's always <laughs> a pleasure. <laughs> yes. Um, if people want to find you, how should they, how should they do that? Oh, people can find me all over the internet at American Witch 13. Uh, Instagram's my, my main account, but I'm on Facebook and Twitter and 
clubhouse now too. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, and I'll be popping on some of your clubhouse stuff in the coming weeks too. This is I'm going to release this on Tuesday, so. Awesome! Yay! All right. <laughs> Thanks again. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Glittercast. I just wanted to remind you guys, if you haven't yet and you are an iPhone user or you listen on Apple Podcasts, to please, please submit a written review. It helps me expand my audience and build up my career, so I super appreciate it. You can find me at rainbowglitterstar.com, on Instagram at rainbowglitterstar, and for your daily astrological planetary transits follow at the glitter cast and don't forget you can read your monthly horoscope written by yours truly on shondaland.com i hope you guys are having a great week bye